Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fancy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael. Man, we're, we're just ramming through these uh, team previews already. Ram, ram, there's got to be a better way to say that. We are ramming through these, uh, all these teams. We're going to ram all these dudes on all these teams. Uh, we're going to get through 30 teams. And I uh, I think our pace, our pa- I'm pretty proud of our pace right now. I, I, you know, you, we, don't, we always start strong. We, we go with the batting practice. We go with the teams that are already set. We already kind of figure out, we kind of know who they are. And then the, I mean, there's a couple episodes that are about five minutes long. Cause we're like, you know, I don't really know what OKC is going to do <laughs> next. No, I think they're going to be the longest team. We get to five minutes or two hours. I don't know which one it's going to be because so literally Oklahoma city at some point this season could have 12 guys that, you should stream and maybe hold on your roster for a couple weeks. Like they literally had that this year. Yeah. That was kind of who they were. That's what um, I mean. Like and they're you gonna remember run that there, back, was, right? there was like the Pokashevsky couple weeks and there was the Lou Dort month. And there was the Darius Baisley month. And there was the <laughs> God. Yeah. It, it just ne- it never seemed to, it never seemed to end. And by the end, like there was some like Moses Brown, there were so many of those guys. Yeah. Like, home- Mal was it Maladon? How do you yeah, say that? Yeah, Theo Maladon. That's what I mean. Like yeah. there were so many guys, and like none of them really had staying power, and none of them. Well, I shouldn't say none of them. A lot, most of them didn't last like in the top one twenty or one fifty. But for a couple weeks, you were like, man, this guy's playing like thirty minutes a game and looking good. And so they all had their moments. And I have a little theory. I think I'm going to um, unleash on the on the general public here after we're done with our thirty teams in over thirty days uh, segment. Uh, we're going to get through all these teams. We're basically going to be able to cover both the trades and the free agency pickups with these 30 teams. But I think I'm going to release a little uh, a little uh, strategy I've been honing in on after these 30 teams, Tyler. So, so, so keep stay tuned, everybody. Keep downloading the podcast. I don't know. Mike's strategy in every draft I've ever been in with him is he just bids on whatever guy I bid on. Yeah, pretty much. This it's creates, smart. Creates the bidding war every time. Well, I know you're gonna. I know you're only bidding on guys that you like. So if you if you go, you can do a, a deep fake and just like get me to bid up T.J. Warren really high, and then uh, then just drop out, and I'll be like, ah, <laughs> shit. It's uh, I've definitely price checked a few people and got stuck with a guy. Certainly, that is by far want. my favorite move and my least favorite move when it backfires and you get stuck with a person when you're trying to bid them up and you don't want them. <laughs> Here's a little little pro tip. Uh, you can, um, you can get caught once, but, uh, do not get caught twice. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've done it. I'm pretty actually, sure I've, up, I've upbitted some um, multiple times in a draft and ended up with two guys that I way overpaid for. I was super <laughs> pissed about it. Here's the thing that, and, and I guess maybe just cause like a lot of the guys I play with are, are pretty experienced, but like, I feel like I can't really do it anymore. Cause like, I feel like I, I can only bid when I'm like, Oh, okay. I would really buy this guy for this price. Like it's a good price because if I bid when I'm like, Oh man, I think I can just bid this guy up another buck every single time I get stuck with the person. I'm like, damn it. I didn't want him. 
<laughs> oh yeah and if you're not doing auction leagues you should it's a lot of fun and uh you know you don't have to just like it's not like a poker game you know like you don't have to bid up everybody all the time but like if someone's getting a hot deal and you really don't need like another shooting guard but this is a really good like you know zach levine's only getting like 18 dollars or something like that uh bid 19 like like even if nobody wants zach levine you just got zach levine for a deal it doesn't matter if you don't need him so a little little auction pro tip here uh, we're going to talk more about strategy as we get closer to the season along with some mock drafts that we're going to be doing on twitch.tv slash watching the boxes go check that out but today tyler we're talking about your favorite yellow jersey team in the world the indiana pacers Oh, did you watch the new Netflix thing? No. What's the new Netflix thing? Uh, they did a thing on the Malice the Palace. It was good. It was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I have not seen that yet. And uh, I have a feeling, uh, once again, the players got a really bad rap. I remember them like r- running that 10 se- like 30-second clip uh, on ESPN for about 48 hours straight of like Jermaine O'Neal knocking the shit out of the turtle from Entourage. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't have to get into that very much. Um, I, I do find it funny that every once in a while when, when Carlisle coached the Mavs, which Carlisle's back coaching the Pacers now. Um, Love it. When great, Carlisle great coached hire. the Mavs, every once in a while, like during the, especially when it was on Zoom, someone would ask him about it. And That's... instantly his face changes as soon as he gets asked about it. And he refuses to talk about it. He won't say one word yeah, about it. He doesn't need to. It's, it's nonsense. People want... <laughs> The drama of it, and I don't even have to watch the 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 Netflix special to know that it was absolute. I think it was absolute nonsense that uh, these you know these dudes were suspended for the rest of the year. Uh, you know the the fans had to take some responsibility for that, and they obviously did not. Um, but we don't we don't need to get into that. What we do need to get into is this Indiana Pacers team for twenty. 21 uh the pacers didn't really like do a whole lot in the off season because they did all their uh maneuvering during the season they uh, uh definitely let um doug mcdermott go which uh, doug mcdermott signed in san antonio for a decent salary i was i'm a little shocked yeah uh, mcdermott was good and mcdermott was has- fine he has more real life value than fantasy, right? Like his ability to knock down threes and space the floor, like matters to a real team, right? Now yeah. there's never like any points or enough threes or, or things to be like a good fantasy player, but like the things he can do in real life do make a difference. Um, he's not a great defender. So here's the very interesting thing, even though they didn't really change for me, the Pacers shot 34 three-pointers a game last year, which was 18th in the league. Hmm. Carlisle, for every year he was with the Mavericks for the last, I don't know how many back, but at least the last five, the Mavericks finished in the top seven in three-pointers taken. Interesting. And Carlisle's big offensive philosophy, at least in Dallas, and he took some of his assistants over there with him, um, was basically like I want to shoot at the rim, I want to play slow, and I want to bomb threes. Hmm. I like think that bodes that bodes well for a certain uh, person or people actually on this Indiana Pacers team. But there is one particular person. I think 
there's well, and a, he hated mid-range shots yeah. until Luca kind of broke him down last year and like kind of unleashed a, a good mid-range game. And Dirk, he let Dirk like he let the superstars shoot in the mid-range. Well, superstars like, should be able to shoot wherever they want. They're they're the best. But the role players like in the last, especially in the last like four or five years, there were no mid-rangers from role players for the most part. Well, I like that, and I think there are quite a few, uh, you know, actually decent role players on this team. Uh, but the starting five is uh, maybe if you weren't paying attention, you got some casuals in your league, you're actually going to think this is a new starting five with uh, the return of Karis LeVert. Um, shout out to Karis LeVert for, uh, you know, uh, getting traded and uh, and then finding out that he possibly has like a, a life-threatening, what was it, like a heart murmur or something? He had a kid cancer or right? cancer. Yeah. It was fucking, it was absolutely terrible, but it was found out during the physical. It was caught. He seems to be fine. He's, uh, you know, he played uh, even like he, he Karis Levert is going to be, is going to be back this year. Uh, and that's beautiful. Like that's beautiful news. I love that. And I love the fact that since he was kind of MIA last season, I think he's going to be a bit overlooked in a lot of drafts. In his 35 games played with the Pacers, he averaged 20 points, 20.7 points, 4.6 rebounds, 4.9 assists, mm-hmm. 1.5 steals, 0.7 blocks, and 1.8 three-pointers made per game. On I like that. Okay percentages. Not great, not terrible. Yeah, to me he's the most interesting player um on the the pacers what like where can he go next year can he be better can uh he improve i think the uh, the key there is uh you know a new coach who wants to do different things shoot more threes which uh karis levert likes to score he likes to shoot threes and he's kind of on that first plateau edge we talk about you know i talk about my top like three to four tiers and then right around that like 40 you know 50 range you start plateauing out into guys that are all kind of similar in um, value but do different things Karis LeVert's kind of in that area where he potentially could be someone who ends up in a tier but seems to hang out in that plateau he's 26 years old that's pretty much his prime coming into his prime he's gotten better pretty much every year um, especially in the last few years I don't know, Tyler. Where do you think you're going to be drafting Karis LeVert this year? Uh, good question. Good question. I, I think a lot of that will matter like where he is going. Um, where would I pick him? That's a good question. Um, is he in your top 50? I would say he's just outside my top 50. Interesting. And the only reason I'll say that is with TJ Warren back, the shots are going to come from somebody, right? Like somebody's going to have to take a few less because TJ Warren's going to get get a, get some buckets. So is Lavert that person? I think kind of. Okay, okay. I think he might be a little bit inside of my top fifty this season. Um, I could be basically proven wrong by the fact that I forget to draft a a point guard and then uh, Levert ends up outside of my top 50. I think it's it's very reasonable with being on the pace with their new coach. He will finish in the top 50 this year. 
And I think that's a very reasonable wings. Uh, but I, I think you can get him. I think you can get him later in the draft. Than, wings than only fantasy just next year. Who would you okay. rather have? Let's do it. Uh, Let's go. New Chicago Bull, DeMar DeRozan. Ooh, that's a little unfair. DeMar DeRozan. Uh, I do feel like DeMar DeRozan might get a little, you know, like those assists are going to be a little bit down. Scoring is going to be a little bit down. Oh, man, that's a really, you know, that's a tough one. Roto Leaguer had to the hard hitters, Mike. Come on. That's a good, that, that's a very good question. Oh, Tyler, that's a very good question. Uh, if I'm in a Roto League, I think I might actually be leaning DeRozan. But other than that, I think I might go Karis LeBert. All right. All right. Fair, fair, fair. I think that's a, that's a, that's the old fashioned toss up. Uh, CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum, uh, CJ McCollum on uh, Portland with Dame or without Dame? Well, that's, that, we're not, I don't think we're going to know that by the time the, the <laughs> draft happens. I don't think we are. Um, I'm going to go with Karis LeVert. Believe right. it. Fair, fair. Uh, I got Believe, two. If, if CJ McCollum's alone, I'm going with CJ McCollum, though. I got two more. Uh, OG and okay. Anobi. Ooh, I like OG and Anobi. Um, OG and Anobi's fun. He's got a nice little upside. Uh, boom, 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 boom. That's a tough one, too. These are all good. These are all kind of like right in the right spots, right? Um, I might go Karis LeVert. I think Karis LeVert is going to be kind of a focal point on this Indiana team. I think he might actually be like the second best player on this team. I'll tell you why I think I would take some of these guys that I've mentioned over him, but I will ask you one more first. Mikel Bridges, they finished 60th and 61st last year in per game value. Man, why are you always going after the guys I like? Um, that's what I do, Mike. Come on, come with the program here. I'm going, I'm going Karis LeVert. I guess I'm in on Karis LeVert this year, huh? So here's my worry. Here's my LeVert worry. Okay. I will read you the games in his career thus far. Okay. 57, 71, yes. 40, okay. 45, 47. Uh, it's not a lot. <laughs> it's not very good. And that's why now in a standard league, like we're talking 10, 12 teams, okay, you want to take him in the top 50, I'm actually all right with that because there's going to be replacement level good players on the waiver wire. In a deeper league, if you're taking this guy in the top 50, good luck to you, man. Like I'm taking all those guys over him probably in a deeper league just because like if I'm getting 45 or 50 games out of Levert, ah, man, I, I don't know who I'm going to replace him with. Yeah, and that's fair. And I... I... I'm less inclined to assume uh, injury. Um, yeah, but the track record is drafting. Just, but just the track, there. The, the track or the track record is more than there. It's a little damning. Um, but let's. He ends up in that 70, 75 range. Uh, that's a full season these days. Yeah, and. And it's not saying that's not saying that he can't. I'm just saying like I'm gonna bet on some of those other guys. Like I'm gonna bet on Ananobi because I feel like just he might play a couple more games and I'm going to bet on some of those other guys just because I feel like they're going to be a little healthier. And-, you know, and, that, and that's fair when you're talking about players in that plateau area and there's not a lot of difference between them. And we just talked about all those guys. There's not a lot of difference between the players that you listed off here, Tyler. And playing eight more games is a big deal. Right. Um, 
Here's the I, I guess, like I said, I think he's this. Uh, I, let me re- reiterate: second best uh, scorer on the team, in my opinion. Uh, not the second best player on the team because there are three other players I think I would uh, draft and who are likely better all around. You know what? Lavert might lead the team in scoring next year. I can see that. I would not, not be surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, I could definitely see that happening, especially if he's going to play close to like 33, 34 minutes. Um, I don't see really anyone like sneak it in there you know think you think jeremy lamb i mean jeremy lamb's not that bad um but tory craig you think any of these is he still on the team i don't even know um yeah he's still on the team he's just on the team he was on the suns last year yeah he just popped he just pops over there um i don't see any of them taking minutes uh off of harris Lambert. so yeah he could be easily the uh the number one scorer on this team uh but the number one rebounder on this team and probably my uh, my favorite fancy player on this team is DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, Once again, we are here at the beginning of the season talking about the big man situation in Indiana. DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner. Miles Turner, obviously uh, one of the most elite block guys in the entire league who actually has very decent percentages uh, when it comes to free throw, unlike most big men. Um, And also is someone who flirts with being just kind of like uh, a, a guy who every once in a while is, is like puts together a, a really, really crazy line. He's been overshadowed. Miles Turner, the guy who they thought that who was going to be the franchise, has been completely overshadowed by how damn good DeMontis Savonis has been. Oh, 100%. And so are we in for another season, Tyler, of can these guys play together? What are we going to do? Or do you think they've kind of figured out because we've got the new coach? Um, have they figured out that they one can't play together, but we're still going to stagger them in a way where we're still pretty good. Uh, so Carlisle's biggest thing in Dallas for his uh, 13 seasons there was he gets the most out of his teams. Like he's just good at figuring things out and he's just a really good tactician. So if anyone can figure it out, it's Carlisle. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with the, the pairing. I mean, we've seen it. They've won some games. They're going to be back in the playoffs. Um, oh, certainly. And so I'm, I'm not really worried about either one of these two guys either. Like they've kind of figured it out. Like Sabonis is kind of the power forward and Turner is going to block the shots and Sabonis is going to do his things. And it'll be interesting to see if the defense changes up a little bit um, under Carlisle. But, you know, I think Sabonis is going to be really good. Like he finished 21st in per game value last year. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I know he was uh, there for a while really really killing it and the thing is is both him and miles turner are about 25 years old so they're not they're not well, in their prime yet they're, there's still room for improvement there you add a little bit of a room for improvement you add a little bit of uh oh hey you know i was an all-star i got to play you know around other great players i know what i need to do to elevate my game you get a little bit of a uh, new coach uh, getting the most out of you these guys could both be in for a pretty – all these guys could be in for a decent season, but I think Dante Sabonis could be in for a very good season. And you know what Sabonis did that surprised the the heck out of me is he went from 2.9 assists to 5 assists in that first All-Star season and then up to 6.7 assists per game last year. Yeah. He was getting you the assists of a point guard at the big man spot, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, he's one of a – like a kind of a like – 
a second tier roto player like kind of the end of that second tier beginning of that third tier you got that uh that free throw percentage which is a little sus he still isn't hitting more than a three a game miles turner's hitting 1.5 threes a game which is always um baffling to me well, so I, I always forget that he can hit threes the question is how much is he just going to space out there and is uh, they going to let the bonus space out there a little bit in carlisle's system because uh carlisle so Carlo has this thing where the center, and this is one reason why, if you remember in, in New York, Porzingis always used to say he wanted to be the power forward. And yeah. it switched when he came to Dallas that he wants, he wanted to be the center because at least in Dallas, Carlisle would have this thing where the center is the role man. Like anytime they run a pick and roll and the power forward kind of has to space the floor. So it'll be interesting to see if he keeps that dynamic and which guy he chooses here to kind of be that role man. They're not going to run as many pick and rolls, I don't think, as they did in Dallas, because like I don't think they have that great pick and roll ball handler like Luca. Um, but Carlisle's the guy that Carlisle could make really good to is TJ McConnell. Carlisle always seems to have a really good like smaller backup point guard off the bench. Oh yeah, TJ McConnell. We can, we always say it every every single season. We're halfway through the season, and every week we're like, "Who do you? Who should you uh, have on your team off the waiver? Who's not owning enough enough leagues?" And the answer is always TJ McConnell. Like he's just never like people seem to not want to have a backup point guard uh, rostered on their team, except for this backup point guard ends up with like six assists and like uh, I don't know, like almost two steals a, a damn game. All right, we we got to get to this. All right, so Mike only league, Demontis Sabonis. Let's assume it's head to head. Where are you picking him? Where are you picking? Oh him? man, see that's tough. We talked about that turn. We talked about the turn with all those guys. I don't think he's up there. I don't think he's in there with the, the Tatum's, the Butlers. I don't think he's all the way up there. You got your uh, kind of next group of people like your Vucevic's, your Bam Adebayo's. Do I really want Dante Sabonis over that crew? To me, he's on the second turn. He's Almost. on that late second, early third ish range for me. Personally. Yeah, I feel like there's, you know, the, the there's a couple of flaws, the threes in the in the free throw that really keeps him from being an elite elite player, you know. Like, well, and no compare... blocks for a big man. So I mean, I guess yeah. maybe he's going to punt blocks, that's fine, but he's not really much blocks for a big man, which is not great. Yeah, same with Vucevic, but Vucevic just does everything and the percentages are there. He hits more threes. Um so Vucevic just got it all going on. Another perennial underrated player Vucevic. Um he, I think you're, you, you got it right. I think he's like kind of like the best of the rest. Um, once you get past that, those like your first round, you get in your second round, and you, you're kind of running out of players, right? Like, you know, Tatum ain't there, uh, Bam ain't there. You're like, all right, do I want, um, Dante Sabonis or do I want like, I don't know, Drew Holiday? It's like, well, I want Dante Sabonis. He's like, he's definitely better than those guys. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And so I think he's just kind of in that that's I don't know, second turn, second, late second, early third, just depending on what my team, what team I'm trying to build and where I'm trying to go from there. But yeah. Miles Turner's uh, not too far behind though. He's very he's definitely a more of a head to head type of player. Uh, but he's also not I mean he's not terrible for Roto either. Like he, he his percentages aren't bad. The question there's two questions for his game for me for next year. Does he keep blocking an insane amount of shots. I mean, 2.7, 2.1, 3.4. 3.4 is absurd. Uh, and it could be 
3.4 literally won you your like they won that category almost every week almost by itself yeah absolutely like no one's no one's really no one's really close like gobert was there kind of at 2.7 sure but nobody else i mean there was what like capella was at two and that was it over well no one's the one had 2.2 last year but those were the only ones over two so he literally won you the category he had a 1.4 more than like the fourth best person (laughs) it's it's absurd and i also think it's a bit of an outlier and that's why you know like miles turner taking him in the third round seems too steep for me Probably I don't want him in the third round. round. Oh, yeah, yes. fourth round, fourth round player. Because if you're needing that, you need those blocks. You need that, let's, that let's, center. Let's wipe the blocks. Let's just assume we don't care yeah. about blocks. We're punting blocks. He's a is he a positive in any other category? Ooh. Uh, do, 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 like maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, free throw for a center and not rebounds for a center so that's what i mean so looking at it um and on hashtag basketball the only other category that he was positive in they got a green in in the scoreboard was rebounds at 6.5 but yeah. for a center 6.5 is not good so he's literally only blocked so if you tell me the blocks fall to even like two a game like he's still good but he's not anyone I want in the second round or in the third round. I, I don't think I'm going to own Turner in any league because I think he's going to go in that kind of late second, early third, maybe late third round. And I don't want him there. Yeah, I want I him more in like the fourth, fifth round. Most people are going to go and look at the ranking as they always do. They look at the rankings from last year and they go, Oh, this guy's in the top 25. I better take him in the top 25. Uh, that's be aware. That's not really how it works. Now, are you, um, I don't think you should slip past the fourth round though. And, and this is why value is value. Uh, blocks are uh, a, a premium. Uh, there's not a lot of guys who get more than two blocks, let alone three. Um, and Miles Turner could, do I, if I had to put money on him over three blocks next year, I wouldn't, but um, it's going to be really close. It's going to be really close to three. And you're sitting on a guy, let's say you're in a roto league, right? You got him. You're getting the decent percentages. You're getting, you're building up the other stats. He's like not killing you anywhere really. But what he is doing is building up an insane lead in blocks where then you can trade Miles Turner out to somebody else. So there's, there's a very, or you're going to win so many weeks with him in head to head that you build up a decent amount of league. If, if you're kind of like in one of those, like you don't win the whole week, it's like five, four or whatever, like one of those types of leagues. Um, he's valuable. He's fourth round valuable for sure. Even though if you punt blocks, if you get rid of blocks last year on averages, he was the 120th ranked player. And that's, that's really my worry. And I get everything you're saying. My worry is if the blocks fall to a level where he's pseudo elite, like if he's just at like two and there's a handful of guys that are better than him and Let's say he's seventh in the league in blocks. Just a random number off the top of my head. Is he even fourth round value at that point then? Well, I don't know what's that, you know, what's that exact, uh, I need that exact number. Is he like 2.5, 2.3? No, I think he, let's say he drops, let's see, two years ago. Well, 
Here you go. Four years ago, he averaged 1.8. Let's say he falls to 1.8. He did that for an entire season in 2018. Nah. 1.8, I mean, Rashad Holmes is better than him at 1.8. Like That's my point. And if that happens, which it did happen four years ago, he's not even a fourth-round player. He's it's like a, a sixth-round player. Kind of a dangerous game to play here because we don't know what, the, what, what Carlo's going to do. That's my point. And so that's why I'm, I don't think I'm going to own him in any league. I said that once and I'll say it again. I don't, I don't because I think he's going to go. I think at worst he's going in the third round and I don't want him in the third round. I want him in the fourth and maybe even the fifth. You've been warned listeners, a little flag next to miles Turner, a little worried about potentially that huge drop off. If those blocks do drop off with the new coach, with the new system, Uh, keep an eye out in preseason if your league does not draft until then, um, we will be monitoring that as we move forward. But we got to talk about Malcolm Brogdon, Tyler. I think one of the one of the more overlooked fantasy players in the league, uh, a guy who is kind of secretly like a, an across the board esque player, like way more rebounds than you would ever imagine a point guard uh, like him getting, like. If, uh, you know, six assists, five and a half rebounds, 20 points a game. I think if you asked a lot of people, did Malcolm Brogdon score 20 points a game? They'd probably say no. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is a great all-around point guard, and uh, I think he gets overlooked in drafts. Oh, for sure. Um, the question here, though, is what, what if any of his stats are better? under Carlisle Hmm. and a quicker pace. No, definitely not. I would guess slower rather than quicker every year. That's what you're saying earlier. Yeah. The pace slows down. The threes go up. Carlisle wants to basically play slow and in the half court, like he he just does. So they're, they were not a high pace team last year, but Dallas was 26th and Indiana was uh, let's see here. Indiana was actually fourth in pace last year. Ooh, really? Oh, yep. little another red, another little flag to put up on the, the year before uh, the Indiana Pacers. The year before Dallas was 18th, Indiana was 22nd. That was under Nate McMillan for the Pacers and Rick Carlisle for Dallas. And the year before that, so this would be three years ago, Dallas was 19th and the Pacers were 25th. So I would assume the Pacers go back to playing a slower pace, which is going to hurt all these guys. Like they had how many 20 point per game scores last year? Levert, Brogdon, Sabonis. Like, like they're going to play slower, I think. And, and maybe potentially a good bit slow. And that could potentially just drop those, drop everything. Like I said, a lot of plateau guys, a lot of guys hanging around that uh, that might be in the in the tier, in like the, the 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 last tier. I might be in the in, in the plateau, and all it takes is for a plateau guy to get up a little bit is to improve just a little bit across the board, and all it takes for you to drop the way the hell down in the rankings is just simply like I don't know, like seven less possessions a game. Brogdon top fifty. Hmm. I'm going to say yes, because I do think that, you know, he still will carry a bulk of the playmaking in the half court. Yep. And those assists will matter. I'm going to say yes. 
I think so too. I think he could be a good value in drafts, depending on where he's going. But because um, I think like all Pacers get a little downgrade just for being on the Pacers, maybe. Uh, but yeah, just barely inside my top fifty, though. Like I'm not saying he's a top. I wouldn't even say he's a top forty player. He's probably somewhere in that forty to fifty. Oh yeah, and I think mm, that that pace comment might have uh, convinced me to move Karis Levert outside of my top fifty. Uh, I haven't done I haven't done my rankings yet, Tyler, but. Uh... I'm going to have to consider that pace as I move forward. And so should you, everybody, as you uh, look at the Indiana Pacers, as you look at the Pacers in your draft, uh, TJ McCollum should be drafted, like straight up. I think he should be drafted. He finished 72nd last year. Um, he really helps you a lot. He, he's elite in two categories. The rebounds are okay for a point guard, and he's not helping you anywhere else. Um I 100% think he should be drafted because you're going to need assists at some point, and he's going to be the last person getting six and a half assists a game. So, yes. Of course. You uh, almost forgot about the guy who was hurt all last year, though. TJ Warren. Yeah. My boy, TJ Warren. So, uh. Warren averaged almost 20 points a game two years ago, played four regular season games last year. Um, is a guy who could be real good in, in the Carlisle system in the sense that he shot 42.8% from three and then 40% from three. Um, I'm assuming Carlisle is going to let him gun from three point range a little bit more. And that could be good for him. Yeah, I think so. Where do you, where do you get, where do you think you're taking TJ Warren? He's a, he's another draftable guy. <sighs> good question. Good question. He's not, uh, he doesn't do everything. He doesn't do a whole lot, but the scoring is, is worth being drafted. So here's the thing I, I'm still trying to figure out about this team is how does the pie break down as far as scoring? Because Warren, like all these guys can't score 20, 20 points, points. A game. Yeah. And two years ago, Warren finished 51st in per game value. Yeah. Now that so, feels, I don't know. Doesn't that feel like, I don't know. Doesn't it feel a little fake that, you know, you go look at the, that stat line and he's like good. He's very good across the board, but he's not doing anything wild. And it, and there's no assist, which you don't, I just don't love, don't love that. that. And a lot of it's baked on percentages, which if like I'm in a head to head league, like I don't really want to bank on trying to win percentages every week. Um, because just like fluky things can happen. Like, you know, you have Russell Westbrook and he shoots two for 75. Um, he'll be a nice overlook. I think a lot yeah. of people are, are going to overlook him. I think I, he'll well, be a nice overlook. That's seventh, what I mean. I seventh round, him. like easily sitting around in the seventh round. Yeah, and then I'm in. But yeah. if he's going, if he's going at fifty first because he finished fifty first there two years ago, I don't want him. No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, thank you. Like I think he probably finishes somewhere sixty to eighty. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, he could, and, and I think in Roto, if you like those, if those percentages mean something to you, right? Um, I, I like trying to take him kind of in one of those, like, you know, six, seven, eight rounds. Like, I, I think that's a nice place for him to just show up on your team and then get, you know, some decent value out of that, out of that draft pick, uh, from a guy that probably a lot of people are overlooking. Like, I, I'm going to try to take him as late as humanly possible. Uh, we'll see where the um, the sites that we, uh, you know, the major sites, where their rankings are and where they have T. 
TJ Warren, you kind of got to hope they uh, overlook him as well. That's always a, a, a good sign for you getting a steal in a draft. Uh, Tyler, is there anybody else on the Pacers you want to talk about? Uh, Jeremy Lamb will be worth rostering when someone gets hurt. Sure. But until then, probably not. So then there's nobody. I'm not going to waste a draft pick on him, but I'll probably pick him up off the waiver wire and play him every once in a while. Um, but yeah, after that, that is it. I think that's it for the Pacers. Um, you can find me at Watch the Boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. Support the show, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Mock drafts coming up on Twitch, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. If you like the show, let us know. Hit us up. Somebody hit us up uh, recently. Shout out to uh, people who were uh, tweeting at us and saying, hey, I like to listen to your show. I've been listening for you. Some guy was listening for five years, Tyler. You believe that? No, I'm just, I, I cannot believe anyone listened for five years. I forgot. I, uh, I didn't even know I was doing this for, for five years. Uh, that seems like a long time. Uh, but shout out, uh, shout out Reese's Passes. That's how I'm going to say your name. So shout out to that guy. How about it? Uh, yeah, and, and anyone can tweet us, and, and I, I strongly recommend, strongly recommend tweeting me. Yeah, you can tweet me too, but I'm not, cannot promise I'll be in a good mood. Um, at all so it's a tweet at your own risk which is probably why people tweet more at you tyler than me (laughs) fair fair Uh, that's it for the pacers and we'll see you on the next team have a good one everybody